Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking to Alan McAvoy, the Area Technical Training Manager for Denver and Midwest Business Centers from FCA, Fiat Chrysler Automobile. Hi, Alan. Good morning, Tony. Alan and I are old friends. We go way back. He's also one of the instructors here at the Mobile Air Conditioning Society Training and Trade Show event in Nashville. And Alan, we've seen a lot of technical information. It's almost mind-spinning how quick the technology is changing. What was your presentation about? I'm going to be doing uh, an FCA update on what, what's new with Chrysler with the 1234YF systems. Mm-hmm. We started back in 2013 introducing on the Jeep Cherokee with the YF refrigerant, and we are across the board on all pass cars and light trucks starting back about 2017, 2018. So I'll do a quick update from a service side. Now these cars are getting out of warranty. They've got quite a few miles on them, so we are seeing for the first few years the system was very dependable. We saw very little now as they're getting older. We are starting to see some of the typical things you would see with a 134A system of apparator leakage or hoses things like that. Mm-hmm. I know we're, we're always big on things that are common so that the shop owners and, and the technicians out there get a heads up on where you want to check first. What have you learned on the, I know the 1234YF systems have been around now for how many years? Since 2013 on the Jeep line. So we're seven years into it now. What sorts of things are we noticing? You know, I think the biggest message to the, the techs and the service facilities out there that haven't seen a lot of these yet is it's really no different from a service perspective than your 134a systems are Mm -hmm. it's a different refrigerant it costs more you've got different oils but your test procedures are identical. The way you do a performance test, the way you do a, an H-valve testing, uh, heater performance, AC performance, all of that is pretty much carryover for the most part. So nothing to be afraid of, nothing different. Just make sure that you have the equipment, that you have the, a leak detector, and we're you know factory filling with dye like we have our 134. So you've got factory filled dye on all the vehicles, but nothing really different from a service standpoint as long as you've got the new equipment new leak detector, things of that nature. So if you're familiar with FCA systems, there are no surprises to speak of. There's a couple things this year that I'll go through, which kind of took me as a, a little bit of a surprise. On our 1.3 liter, we've introduced a couple of gas direct injection engines th- this last couple of years, but this is our first attempt with a 1.3 liter. And uh, the condenser on the 1.3 liter is, is water-cooled. Mm. It's actually mounted up in the fender and is a water-cooled condenser as opposed to the first. And I don't know if there's other on the industry, but it's the, it's the first one I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if FCA is the first to do that or if some other manufacturers have in the past. But uh, I'll be covering that. What I tried to put together on the, my presentation is some of the things that are new and unique. Because I've been presenting here for Max since the 80s, really. So with the 1234YF, the first few years were, yes, everybody's all excited about what's new, but I, I kind of felt like a broken record after doing this for 14, 15, 16, 17. And they have, yep, we just added more vehicles, same procedures, and we really hadn't had any problems, you know, because I hadn't been on the road that well. So what I've tried to do the last couple of years is look at some of the unique features. 
chillers, for example. You know, we've, we've seen chillers on the, the hybrids, but we're running a chiller now on our Hellcat, the supercharged engines. We actually use a chiller to cool the supercharger air. Uh, so kind of showing how the air conditioning system is being used in some of those functions with the chillers. I mentioned the, the GDI engines. All of the manufacturers are using a lot smaller displacement engines. We're getting some pretty substantial horsepower out of a 1.3 liter engine. For example, the, the Renegade standard engine is a 1.3 liter. I mean, I, I think I've owned motorcycles with bigger engines than, than, than we've got in our cars now. Yeah, really. So with that, you don't, you know, from a, a cold weather standpoint, we're seeing a lot more PTC heaters mm-hmm. in the heater course. So how about testing those? Because those, the, the 1.3 liters, we've seen them on most of our diesel packages because of the slow warm up, we'll use PTC heaters, mm-hmm. but we're using them on our smaller displacement gas engines now. So I'm going to co- cover a little bit of that. And some of the quick test procedures, you know, I, I think all of us have looked at using for ignition off draw, for example, looking at voltage drop across the fuses to try and determine. So we're kind of doing some of that mm-hmm. with the PTC. How do I tell if it's working? I mean, if I'm running the engine and got coolant flow, how do I tell if it's the coolant flow heat or if it's that? So we can actually just do a key on test on a cold engine and we can monitor with the scan tool the heat. We can measure voltage drop across the fuses to tell that the PTC. So quick way without having to pull the heater box apart. Mm. So the PTC heaters, the other one is cooling loops. Not only on our hybrids, you know, for example, the Pacifica hybrid has three different cooling loops. You've got your regular engine cooling loop, you've got your battery cooling loop, and then you've got your powertrain electronics. So you've got three distinctly different cooling systems. And we're doing the same thing, not only on the hybrids, but on some of the GDI edge, where the turbocharger, the intercooler will have its own separate cooling system. So they use the same coolant. There'll be a different, like a five PSI box and a cap instead of a typical 15 PSI. But I think that's something that that's pretty common now to see, open the hood and see two or three coolant bottles. You will have a low temperature cooling loop. And if, and if it's on a hybrid, for example, it's going to be for the battery cooling system or some of the powertrain electronics. But again, we're doing that on the intercooler, for example, and running a, a, a separate cooling loop on some of those. Do we see any developments along those lines? I know there's been a lot of talk about electrification of the fleet. Yes. And uh, hybrid uh, technology was meant to be a gap technology initially and, and seems to be doing pretty well by itself. Will technicians be seeing some of these additional cooling loops that you mentioned if we go to full electrification or is that something that is unique to hybrids? You know, most of that would be unique to hybrids and uh, uh, from a full electrification standpoint, the only fully electric vehicle is the Fiat 500e that, that we have sold, which is out of production. So I think that's more of a hybrid application for the cooling loops, mm-hmm. uh, where you're going to see the specific systems uh, for each one. Uh, but I do see a lot of that expanding. When you, when you just bring up the hybrid topic, I'll go through and Obviously, from Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, we'll never compete with a Prius, for example, or some of those, but we try to look at our niches. What are, what are we good at? You know, we're good at, at Jeeps. We're good at Ram trucks. Mm-hmm. We're good at minivans. We're good at the performance side of it with the, the Mopar and the Challengers. You know, we're, we're not real good on some of the passenger car, the other side on the hybrid. So we're, we're probably, at least in uh, years of my career, going to see us being a leader in that. So we're looking at what what we can do well in, like the minivan market. Mm-hmm. We've always owned the minivan market, so that's a great, from an autonomous vehicle, you know, Waymo has ordered 62,000 Pacificas. You know, that's half of our production. Mm-hmm. 
to run full level four autonomous. And so that market, we're good at that. And for a taxi cab fleet, we build a great minivan, you know, and we're also looking at, we'll have a PHEV at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas this year. We announced the uh, Renegade, the Jeep Renegade, the Jeep Compass, and the Jeep Wrangler will all be have plug-in hybrids. We'll have 100% electrification available on all of the Jeep line by 2022. Wow. We try to look at our niches. What are we good at? You know, and I think the other surprising is you don't think of Chrysler as the electric car company or anything, but when it comes to the mild hybrids, mm-hmm. the 48-volt belt start generator systems, we lead the industry in that segment. We build the most of the mild hybrids. And like I say, you think of us as the, the Jeeps and the trucks and, and that market. But So we're, we're dipping our toes into the electrification where it thinks it makes sense for us. Obviously, we want to have something that sells, and I think we can do that with minivans with Jeep, with Ram, like all of the Ram truck, the new 1500s are mild hybrids. So, and same thing with the Wrangler on the two liters, and now they're available on the three six. So we're expanding where it makes sense in that market and where we think we can be profitable. Gotcha. Some of the stuff we discussed earlier regarding the various cooling loops, does that present any new or different diagnostic challenges to the technicians? No, the coolant is the same between both systems. They are totally isolated systems. So your t- standard pressure testing, any of that, no, nothing nothing different. I think on the Pacifica Hybrid, maybe there's something like 100 feet of cooling tubes on this car if you laid them all out. So you've got a lot more potential for coolant leaks. And now you see a coolant leak, exactly which system is it? You know, we've got to pressure test all three. Right. Typically, the rule of thumb is you're going to have your standard 15 or 20 psi system with the engine. The, the, the most of the, the other cooling loops are, are a five psi. They'll be labeled, and, and they even have a different bottle so that people can't interchange the wrong cap, things of that nature. Interesting. Any new technology that is unique to the uh, latest model year that we haven't seen before, as it relates to HVAC? Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing that I saw this year that I was going to go through is the the water cooled condenser. And, you know, the supercharger, I don't know if some other manufacturers are using this, uh, uh, chillers to, to cool the supercharged air or not, but uh, uh, I thought that was unique, and obviously I'm kind of tunnel vision with just the Chrysler side. I don't always see what everybody else is doing, but that condenser did kind of, I figured that would be something very interesting, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just I, I don't remember ever seeing a water-cooled AC condenser out there. Yeah, they've been air-cooled all to this point. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, the other thing you think about is just with all of these cooling loops, they all do have some type of condenser. So, you know, you look at the front end of that, uh, that you know, you got your engine radiator, you've got two cooling loop, radi- smaller radiators, you've got an intercooler. I mean, front end crash could really do a number on, <laughs> on, on some of those when you hit a deer and, and that. So the chillers, the condenser, the cooling loops, the PTC heaters were kind of the four things that I looked at that I thought were not something you see on every day on our vehicles or, for that matter, other manufacturers. Then I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick review of just where we are with the, the 1234YF systems and some of the, the problems that we've seen from evaporator leaks or condenser leaks or, you know, but again, it's my main message to the, the people that haven't serviced a lot of these is there's nothing to be afraid of. It, it's just like what you've worked on, you know, follow your same safety and service procedures you have with, with 1234 uh, or with 134A and you'll be fine. The technicians who want to learn more about this but haven't been able to make the show here, is this type of information available through the factory information systems that we're all used to dealing with? Yes. Another section of my handout, and I will... For, for Max members, I will Max will have a copy of this, and it will be available to download my presentation. I always supply that with them. Mm-hmm. But our Tech Authority site 
is basically the same service info information that the, the dealers have access to. So I would recommend the techauthority.com. It's been that the same site for years and years. Mm -hmm. We are updating some things on that. There's some nice changes. The dealers have incorporated it currently on what we call service library. Mm -hmm. that'll, be, that'll replace the current Tech Connect, as we call it, that you see on the service info. Tentative plan is somewhere around the fourth quarter. I'll kind of review that. But, uh, you know, I've been, you and I have been doing this a long time, and I think it takes sometimes takes a lot to impress me, I think, of, of some of the new technology. But I, I have to say, when you look at some of the things that we have done on our service information with wiring, for example, I mean, we have 3D wiring views now that you, you know, how many times have you looked at that two-dimensional view of wiring? It's like, is that on this side of the bulkhead or that side? Is it in the fender? We've got some awesome three-dimensional wiring diagrams. We have a circuit tracer where, you know, how many times you've got a short or an open on, on this wire and you don't know where it runs on the car. We have a circuit tracer now that you click on that wire, hit circuit 3D circuit tracer, it shows a view of the vehicle and exactly where that wire runs on the vehicle. So you know exactly what piece of trim I have to take off to find that wire. And it's pretty impressive. Like I say, I, I don't know that I've seen many changes in, in wiring diagrams that much in the last couple of, of last, you know, 10 or 20 years when we went from paper to electronic, but this really impresses me. There's some awesome stuff that you can do with what we're doing with wiring now. So the improvements continue. Exactly. Well, that's great. Well, Alan, this has been uh, very enlightening. I wish we had more time, but any final thoughts? I think mainly just the main message is if, if you haven't seen a lot of the YF systems yet, just get, get the equipment, make sure you've got your 609, have your equipment, and follow the service information. Treat it as if you know it's a 134A system when it comes to diagnostics. Well, again, I want to thank you for the time, Alan. We've been talking to Alan McAvoy, Area Technical Training Manager for Denver and Midwest Business Center of FCA, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. So, Alan, thank you, and hopefully we will run into each other again. So, Very good, sir. Thank you very much, Tony. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.